Welcome to another episode of Life's a Garden. Today's guest is a mixed martial arts fighter. He fights out of the grindhouse and this weekend will be competing in Fusion Fight League. Friday, June 3rd, Metro Park, 7 o'clock, Rumble Under the Rims. You gotta be there. It's gonna be a fun time. He's also just an overall mixed martial arts fan. We talk a lot about UFC, Bellator, all that stuff. This is a great episode. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, Joey Lodine. All right, well, buddy, you got a big fight coming up this weekend. Yes, sir. Seven days from today, yeah. uh, February or I mean February, Friday, mm-hmm. June third, Metro mm-hmm. Park. Mm-hmm. So everybody, go out, check out these fights. I've been to a few of the the fusion fights at Metro. Mm-hmm. They're a blast. Yeah. And this isn't your this is your second one. So second MMA fight. It's uh, um, my third. Official fight. The second one was a boxing fight in Bozeman um, okay. in March. So Right on. Yep. Well, let me just get some background on you just to start out. Mm-hmm. Like, how did you get into fighting? How When did all that start? Just give me the whole lowdown on, yeah. on the fight game with you. So when I um, was, was younger, I played all sorts of sports. I played football. I played basketball. And then I actually played college basketball. And always had like an interest in MMA. I've always watched UFC fights, Bellator, PFL, those sorts of things always interested me. Um, but I never had any opportunity to train because you aren't allowed to. It's like skiing when you're playing sports. You got to focus on one thing because people go skiing and break a collarbone or something like that. So never could do it. And I had a buddy in college that he and I both agreed that once we were done with college basketball, We'd go try MMA, and then we kind of forgot about it after we graduated. Uh, and then he texted me, like, dude, six months from now, I did this Wimp to Warrior thing in Kalispell, and I'm fighting in six months. And I was like, cool, I'll be there, showed up. It was a blast. He kicked serious ass, and I was really excited about that. And then I came here and started doing research about, like, the gyms here, joined Grindhouse, and then just didn't stop. So that was probably two years ago maybe a year and three quarters, something like that. But um, that was about a year year or so ago and then fought like a year and a half into it and then won that and then just loved it and just want to get back in and do it again, man. So and that first like, one was the boxing fight or the MMA fight? No, first one was the um, MMA fight. As far as out of Grindhouse goes. Mm-hmm. Right on. The um, I know they like to get you some time in the gym before they even put you out on the in the cage. Yep. So that's pretty cool. And so you said about two years ago is when you started. Yeah. Yeah. And like, Oh my God, dude, looking back, if I could, I always tell people this, if I could fight my younger self, it would just be hilarious. Really? Because there's like videos of me doing combos and everything. And I'm all tight and scrunched in here and I'm wide. Like nowadays I would just kick my own ass, man. It's well, that's progress ass. then. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'd <laughs> be, take it. it. It'd be bad if you, if you looked at the same as when you started. Yeah. So clearly you're learning. Do, Some people do. It's... Oh, I believe it. <laughs> Especially when they don't put in the time and effort, you know, or aren't serious about it. Yep. So it shows that you're actively serious about it. Oh yeah. Yep. 
And uh, who do you know who you're fighting then? This yeah yeah his name's Austin Clayton. He's out of uh, Arizona. He's oh. Division One ASU wrestler. Okay. Yeah. So you got the background on that. You know you're up against a wrestler. Yep. You got good wrestling defense. Yeah, my takedown is pretty good. My takedown defense is good. The big thing, man, is is Grindhouse is known for its jujitsu. So right. as much as people are like, yeah, don't go to the ground and things like that. I have I have some tricks I can pull, especially on people who pressure. So wrestlers are very pressure oriented. They want to hit you. They want to hold you down. And jujitsu is very flowing. So when you get someone in a position of stagnation, like sitting in certain positions, you can do tricky things with your body to put them in compromising situations, which I'm pretty good at. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So um, did you start, you, you had the boxing fight then. Mm-hmm. Is that more of your background where you... Yeah, is, I want to swing and bang. Okay. Yep. Stand up and kickboxing or just regular boxing? Muay Thai. Okay. Yep. Yep, a little bit of Muay Thai background, um, but I yeah, I mean, I'll box the box the brakes off of anybody too. So. But that's good that you know the ground game as well, because mm-hmm. I mean, so many guys end up on the ground and don't know what to do, or they at least just try and survive, mm-hmm. and you're not winning any rounds doing that. Yep. yep. So some people win MMA fights completely just by controlling top the top control that's why the 10 minute control times you see stuff like that because people can't get out from under anybody so yeah it's good to have a little bit of experience not just like in grappling but also off of my back especially with wrestlers and situations like that because where they want to go is not a place i want to be uncomfortable you know right yeah so I'm, I'm happy about that what's the uh your opponent's record he's one to know okay as well yep i figured it'd probably be something similar just because Usually matchmakers are pretty good about getting people who have similar uh, experience. Experience, levels. yeah. Yep, yep. They did a pretty good job about this one. It's the classic striker grappler situation. If he wins, it's one of those things where he's going to get me to the ground and hold me there. If I win, it's because I'm going to fucking knock him out. So <laughs> that's fun, man. Yeah. Those are those are fun matchups too. Yeah. Um, what weight class do you fight at? So uh, first fight was 185. Okay. Um, and then this fight, it's a, it's a 170. So I'm Ooh. Big weight cut. How's that going? One. Surprisingly well. Yeah, my body's been doing well, handling it really well. I did a diet rather than too hard of a weight cut or a water cut just because um, I want as much energy going in as I can. For sure. Um, so I'll, I'll look leaner, but I'll have more energy than if I did a water cut fully. Yeah, that shit kills you. And I mean, it's it's not healthy for you either to to cut that much water. You seen like the Conor McGregor pictures where he's just completely at one forty five. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of scary. And now he's now he's at like one seventy five or one eighty five. Yeah. Oh, he's like he's walking around like one ninety right now. Oh yeah, dude. he's insane. He's jacked. Yeah. Which so is sick. So would you say you walk around around one eighty then or one one eighty five one ninety is usually what I'm at. Damn, yeah. that's a harsh cut. Down 20 pounds? Yeah. And so when do you start your weight cut? Mm-hmm. When do I? Yeah, like how, how far out? Fight camp is all weight cut. So if I'm dieting, I completely change my eating processes through the whole camp. If it's if it's more of a water cut, so like if I have to get to 175, like I'll have to in July, um, I'll cut just the week of. That's all I'll do is just there's a certain routine you do with the amount of water you intake. But my dieting started same time as camp did just cutting back all like 
all on carbs and everything and increase the output and uh, yeah increase the output and decrease the input so it just burns all your natural everything so right on and it's a eight week camp or how long do you usually go camp Let's see this one was six weeks okay mm-hmm yep got the word that it was happening because sometimes it's hard because when you get started out um it's hard to find opponents that are game essentially sure so like in order to to be assured of it you have to have you know the name and you have to be able to kind of like know who it is to be able to be like okay it starts right now because you don't go through a camp until you have like an opponent or anything so as soon as i found out it was straight to work so right on man yeah see i never really understood how exactly the weight cut went and that makes sense though that you would and i, I assume i guess it's probably different for every fighter do you end up doing a water cut more toward weigh-in mm-hmm. just like a little yep. so it's it'll cut a bigger amount faster yeah so on sunday what'll happen is um what you do is you increase largely the amount of water you drink so it's like two gallons the first day two gallons the second day and then you gradually decrease that actually it's more rapidly so it's to two to and then to one and then to half and then to quarter and then to nothing Damn. and it's just because your body will when you're drinking that much water you're releasing all that liquid you have to yeah and with it goes everything so when you put put your body in flush mode you keep it there and that's why you like drink so much water and then when you take away all of it so quickly it's still flushing Mm. so then you get really really skinny and then you get really like all your skin sucks to your body and then the last day or so you'll jump in like a really hot uh salt bath and then you'll just dries you out. Mm, it's nasty, dude. It's it, may, it sucks. Is it just the most relieving thing once you hit that weight, and then you're just like, oh yeah, get to drink some water? Or what's the first thing you eat or eat or drink? Yeah. So this is a now this is an interesting concept to me because um, I have a lot of that I want to eat. Sure. I eat terrible when I'm not in camp. Like Taco Bell, I don't care. Right. But um, immediately after, you want to do something with carbs, but you don't want to do anything too crazy. And you want to, like, have a little bit of reward because you want to put the weight back on. So I was thinking maybe some pancakes, bro, or some KFC chicken. Yeah. Some potatoes. Some Pancakes are are probably pretty good just Mm -hmm. because it's, like, like you said, rewarding, but also it's good, you know, it's some, uh, yep, that carbs, but not, like, overly... Yeah, not too crazy bad for you. Like, you yeah, don't think it's, of pancakes. It's not going to bog you down. Because mm-hmm. you want carbs to hold in the water that you've just... You can't eat, by the way, right away. You have to rehydrate first. Yeah, yeah. Your um, mouth actually doesn't... Like, your saliva doesn't actually produce the stuff to digest the food. So if you just start eating immediately after all that dehydration... Oh, it's... Yeah, you, you, you literally can't. It's nasty, but... Yeah, you got to drink a a ton of, like, pickle juice for cramps and water. Uh, I drink beet juice. Okay. Two liters of beet juice. That's smart. Yep. And then, yeah, dude, but once that's over, I'm I'm hurting for some pancakes. Oh, sure. (laughs) Well, and it's like, and then you get, like, what, 24 hours to get back to whatever weight you are wanting to fight at, you know, because obviously you're fighting at a heavier weight than what you weighed in at, Mm -hmm. which I've never liked the weight cut system, mm-hmm. like, it's just, it's, 
I don't know how, how much you listen to Joe Rogan. Yeah. But he always says it's it's like um, it's legal cheating. Yeah. And so just have everybody fight at their natural weight class weight, mm-hmm. so then they can. Yeah, like if we're both gonna weigh 185 pounds in the cage, why don't we just fight at yeah. 185 pounds? Then you don't gotta hurt your body by doing the weight cut and all yeah. that. Like, I guess for some people, they can cut really, really small and then build really, really high. Yep. And so you have an advantage there. Anderson Silva cut like 25 pounds every yeah. camp. Yoel Romero. Like, just these guys where it's like, listen, you are you don't weigh this. You don't. Well, I know Michael Chandler and Alex, Alexander Volkanovsky, they can get up to almost like 190. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And they fight at 155, 145. So mm-hmm. it's like, that's crazy. Volkanovsky was a pro rugby player at 200 pounds. Like 230, that. I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But he was, you see videos of that man? Yeah. Don't even recognize him. He's oh, so no. He's thick. Yeah. Well, and he's short, too. So it's like, yep. he's just short and stout at that point. Yeah. But that guy's... One of my favorites. He's so oh, yeah. good. Do you have any fighters you like to, uh, that you're, I guess, inspired by or ones that you model yourself after? Um, yeah, when I, and it's kind of changed because um, as I've actually fought, because you can be in the gym and like sparring and hitting pads and everything and you'd be like, oh, I'm Israel Adesanya. I'm, I spin around it. And, but when you fight, everybody has like, that's like who you are, you know? And I feel like, in those moments, Nate Diaz is the guy that I'm thinking of. Okay. Every time. He's just bloody. It's dirty. It's very, like, it's very commendable, the stuff that he gets. Like, he's a warrior yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. Like, and, and I really admire that, and I, I'd i like to put myself in that sort of mindset. Maybe I don't look like that. <laughs> but as long as you have that mentality, it's a yeah. dog. Yep. Yep. Want to have that sort of mindset. Want to be as entertaining as like a Chael Sonnen. I like the way he talks. He's very articulate. Um, obviously, the attitude and confidence of Conor McGregor. Obviously, everybody knows who he is for a reason, you know. Um, but personally, yeah, Nate Diaz is, if I could just take one guy and be like, that's who I want to be like, that's who it would be. Nate Diaz is the guy. Right on. And uh, so, how, real quick, how old are you? 23. Okay. Yep. So, how long have you been kind of watching or paying attention to like ufc bellator any any kind of like yeah mma fighting and all that yeah um gosh it's it's one of those things too where you just don't i don't remember the moment it started you know Mm -hmm. i just remember the next thing i knew i knew all the 185ers names and everything like that i think it really started more when um like, I watched a little bit of Chael Sonnen, and I remember the big one that I really think was really cool was the Anderson Silva-Chris Weidman fight. Yeah. Where Chris Weidman knocked him out, and it was, like, this whole big thing. And Anderson Silva was just such a goat, man. I mean, he beat everybody and was, like, undefeated, like, for 10 years or something. Oh, yeah. Ridiculous. Well, nobody saw that. He was such an underdog. Yeah. Even yeah. though Weidman's a world-class wrestler. Yeah, isn't that crazy to think some of these guys that are just not picked to win are absolutely just beasts? Yeah. Well, and then Weidman went on to beat Luke Rockhold right after that. Mm-hmm. I think that was right after that. And nobody yeah. had him beating Rockhold either. Yeah, Strikeforce champion. Like, Yeah, Chris Weidman's one of the... And Chris Weidman was undefeated for a while. Mm, yeah. And still an underdog, which, I mean, I get. But at the same time, it's like, you think people... 
in back in the day before he won were like, yeah, this guy's got some talent. Like he's no joke. I don't know why he's an underdog. Or they like he's gonna get knocked. Out. Well, it was also Anderson. Yeah. You know, it's it's really hard to not make somebody an underdog yeah. when Anderson at that time was like just the most unstoppable force. At that time, he's still knocking dudes out. You seen his last? Fight? Oh yeah, in those boxing fights. <laughs> he's such a demon, bro. It's crazy. He's like forty-five. Yeah, it's crazy. It's yeah, no, he's power. a stud. Um, okay, so right around that era, I'm trying to. Th- I, I remember all that stuff too. That's about when I started watching too. Mm-hmm. I was a little late to like. I remember kind of watching Forrest Griffin and yeah. like Chuck Liddell, those kind for a little while, and then I got out of it for. I never really got super into it. Mm-hmm. Then I kind of just didn't watch it all. Yep. And then the the fight that got me back into it was McGregor Aldo. Yeah. Like I knew all the hype behind McGregor was like there was just like the whispers of it. Mm-hmm. It was already real in the UFC, but I, I wasn't paying attention. Yeah. But everybody knew. Yep. And then when you saw it, it was like, holy shit. And then from then on, I was pretty much on the Connor bandwagon. And lately, he's, you know, is what he is. But yeah. And he's not my... I, I probably wouldn't say he's my absolute favorite, but I'm still in his corner. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody loves to watch him fight because he's just so... Ex- like, he's done things for the sport of mixed martial arts that nobody else really just had the personality or situation to do. Like, for example, not only all the talking, everybody knows all the hilarious lines and everything like that, but Aldo was no joke. He was on like a 10-year win streak. Mm -hmm. The king of Rio, dude. And nobody saw that coming. And then he came out of nowhere and is like, I'm going to be the double champion. And then he's having these incredible fights with like Nate Diaz and everything like that. And then... I don't know, man. He changed everything. The entertainment factor, really. Yep. Like it was, it, it's, and he backed it up at at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's obviously kind of. Then he went and got the the Mayweather money, and yep. I think all that kind of shifted him a little bit. Like he wasn't, he didn't have that hunger. Mm-hmm. I think he still wants legacy, but I don't yeah. think he needs to worry about that either. He's he's cemented, like, mm-hmm. so he really has no fight. Like there's no nothing to fight for anymore. Yep. Unless he wants to come back and get a belt or something like that or jump up a weight class. Like, the craziest thing I think Conor McGregor can do, in my opinion, if he does it, is fight at 170 and win a belt. Oh, I see. And I agree that would be an amazing fight. And I think they would actually do it. Mm-hmm. I just don't see him beating Kamaru no. Usman. Usman is pound for pound the ab- absolute best right, oh, yeah. right now. Oh, yeah. And he's he's just an animal in every aspect of it because... Yeah, sure, maybe if Conor McGregor, when Usman was more of a wrestler and his he wasn't knocking people out the way he is now, Trevor Whitman as a striking coach is just, he'll turn you into an absolute beast on the feet. And he already had an incredible wrestling background. Oh yeah, he's, he's a world-class wrestler. And yep. then now on top of it, he just knocks people mm-hmm. clean out. Those fights with Colby were amazing. Like Those oh, are yeah. some of the best fights we've seen in a long time i think yeah there's been a lot of good fights though like i am this is probably the most talented the ufc has ever been mm-hmm. our era is is very we're very blessed to live in the time that we've lived in for mma and things like that yeah absolutely don't think it's going to be the same like that's what that's the cool thing too though is like i think it's because fighters are also thinking of themselves more mm. like how selfishly did connor play out his career and all of us loved it because we knew it was like, oh, you're going to go box for hundreds of millions of dollars? 
yeah, go right. kick ass, dude. We love you. <laughs> well, a lot like things like what Sean O'Malley and um, who else was like Patty Pimblet. Mm-hmm. Like, n- not only do they have that like star power thing, but they're kind of dictating their careers in a way. It's like I'm not gonna fight a ranked guy if I'm not getting paid like a yep. ranked guy. Exactly. Pay me like a ranked guy, and we'll and yeah, go for it. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, I'll just knock out all these under undercard yeah. guys. Yeah, I'll knock out who you put in front of me, and then give me the money to take those fights. Because back in the day, dude, like the Forrest Griffin and the Chuck Liddell and stuff like that, like. To be completely, with all due respect, and I loved every second of it, but they were meatheads who wanted to fight, which is a beautiful aspect of the sport, and I love that, but I think we've absolutely evolved into the entertainment part of it, where it's like, well, if I don't fight for six months, people might be more excited when I do fight than if I took four fights in six months and won two two of the four, you know what I mean? Even if they're all bangers. We're never going to see him again. You get a year and then you're done. These guys are like, I'm going to make my money, get my endorsement deals. Well, and there's a reason that guys like Nate Diaz, uh, Conor McGregor, uh, Jorge Masvidal, those, all, the thing that those three have in common, they're the three biggest draws. They make the most money pay-per-view wise, but none of them win. Like they, mm-hmm. They're all on big losing streaks. Yeah. So it's like, it's not the skill, it's the... It's the uh, entertainment value. Mm-hmm. You're getting the entertainment. And obviously, they're not... Like, there is the skill. Like, they're not just, like, getting their asses kicked in there. Right. They're good fights. They're putting on a show. Nate Diaz was... I mean, the most, the most memorable part about that fight was from Nate Diaz because of who he is as a person. You right. You know what I mean? So they make, you make so much money in that sport, man, if you're just entertaining. So is that the ultimate goal, then? Yeah, it is. And I think this is a... I'm excited for this particular fight because there's a lot of things in the works like coming up in the future that maybe aren't as big of fights in terms of the opponent. Cause the guy I'm fighting right like in a week is, is no joke. Like, right. He's a beast and it's, it's going to be an absolute war and I'm excited for it. And then it's a good gauge to see where I'm at because there's a lot on the table for me if I want to start like, making some moves you know what i mean that cody show that they've asked me to do some parts in um with walkout fc is like a charity event with dan severin's gonna be there oh wow during brew fest like i'm walking out to sweet caroline i already picked it out for this one nah next oh for that one next one yeah yeah are you keeping this one a secret or yeah you'll see okay you'll see what it is deal Uh, so anyway you were saying the um as far as the matchup and yeah. the build-up and all that. Yeah, it's just a good gauge, man, because I put a lot of work into this camp. I I mean, the weight cut went really smoothly. I went through a lot just to, like, cut it. Because it's another one of those things you sacrifice so much in your life is just, like, a, a person. Like I, don't, like, I don't get to go out and be out late with my friends like I want to sometimes. I don't get to do those things. I don't get to have drinks at, you know, UFC events, but... I'm also faster. I'm also, you know, recovering really quickly from things. So it's um, good to be disciplined like that though, especially this early in your career. Yeah. Because it's like, if you can carry that inward longevity. Yeah. Man. Well, mm-hmm. and that, and that's almost a, a, an effect of just the success of other fighters that, that have been able to prove like, this is the, me- this is the method. Yeah. You have to be able to like, not fuck around mm-hmm. and unless you're John Jones who is just partying a, an ungodly yeah. you know 
phenom but besides that it's like yeah you got you got to be disciplined you got to like there's the time for the fun and there's a time for the business yep yep and i think you do have to have both that's why i think i'm i'm gonna like i'll be good at it but that's the other thing too is going through the phase of being disciplined and the six weeks of camp and Camp sucks sometimes, man. You take real bad shots. and Yeah, like, I was going to say, you got a little shiner. Yeah, which is a little too close for the fight. I'm a little uh, little mad at myself for this one. But um, just the, the discipline of it and then going through it and the reward at the end of... Even for me, like, I use it as a gauge of if I go in there and I put on a show, like if I can stand toe-to-toe with this guy and put my best foot forward and it turns into a brawl and it's just like people are on their feet at the end of it, then I'm, I'm happy. You know well, what I mean? there is that thing where even in loss, you mm-hmm. can win. Oh yeah. Like oh, yeah. as long as you don't get starched or get just choked out immediately and just mm-hmm. completely like manhandled. Yep. If you put on a show, that's still a win for you in a way. Like yep. t- obviously it's not a win on your record, but it shows th- there's a lot to take from it personally as far as like your skill level if you stayed in if you were if you were in the fight but it just so happened you got you hit got with, clipped yeah or you, you you missed a positional switch like it, that's that stuff i'm okay with and that's why it's like one of those things where this is a great gauge because this is somebody who's definitely capable of putting my lights out you know what i mean the same way i am with him that's why i'm excited about it because you know if i can hang with somebody like that and i can fight against these sorts of people then when you put me in those big shows and i know what i'm gonna bring out to the table it's gonna be super awesome you know what i mean i love walkouts i love interacting with people and i love like hanging out afterwards and those sorts of things but i want to feel like yeah like i deserve to be here and that's what i think this is for me is just like a big show everybody what it is you know what i mean well if people know know you as somebody who comes out and puts on a show like yeah you might a lot maybe you lost two of your last three fights but they were all just bangers and people want to see you fight because they know you're gonna they're gonna get a show Mm -hmm. like that's that's still marketability Mm -hmm. like you're still marketable with that oh yeah and like even in the ufc like just fighting in general man undefeated is not a thing yeah. You know what I mean? You're not like the the teams in basketball and stuff that are just stacked and they're always going to win cuz they have the best players. It's like if if those guys got into a ring, you know what I mean? Anybody can knock anybody out. Anybody can catch anybody in anything. And that's why it's like one of those things where it's losses like you said, you can lose but it's not necessarily losing if you make a good show of yourself. You right. Know? And then I, well, I guess as far as UFC standards go, if you're talking money-wise, you can still win bonus money from, from performances and stuff oh, yeah. if you put on a good show. Mm-hmm. So it's like there's still aspects of that that you can win even in loss. Yep. But once you get into the money stuff, winning definitely is better. Oh, yeah. I prefer I prefer to win. For sure. Let's be completely clear. Yeah. I am going out there to win the fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't – I mean, obviously, there's nothing worse than the bitter taste of defeat. Oh, yeah. But that's why I work so hard, and then it's like, I'll I'll be happy with nothing less than a good performance. That's all I'm looking for. So cool. And I'm I mean I'm gonna trust me this though I am going in with the intentions to finish the guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, I'm excited for it. It's gonna be a good show. Oh, yeah. Um, 
I was curious. So with Fusion, you're not like contracted to Fusion, are you? Mm-mm. Okay, you're kind of just more of a would you call it like a freelance fighter that you can fight under any promotion that'll have you? Yep. Yep. So you don't sign contracts or nothing. You for each individual fight, like you a, do. like a okay a single yeah, event contract, fight deals and things like that, fight contracts. So obviously this one's under contract, so I couldn't just be like, yep. I'm going to go to this other place and check it out. But yeah, that makes sense. They can't have you just dipping out on them. Yeah, which actually does happen some people. It, it's tough. Is there a penalty for that? Can't be. Just because it, it's different because they're they're becoming sanctioned events, now, like more commission-based events, if that makes sense. So um, there's different rules now. But before, you could honestly just call in and be like, hey, my knee feels busted. I'm not going to be able to fight. And then there's no penalty for that. So you go through six weeks of camp. Somebody, co- Which has happened twice to me, by the way. Oh, that's so the worst, man. Yeah. My sister used to do MMA. Mm-hmm. And she only had one fight. But she was scheduled to have three. Yep. And finally she was just like, fuck this. I can't, like, yeah. I can't keep doing this weight cut and all this training and then end up with nothing. So mm-hmm. it's like she kind of just ended up quitting that. And she does CrossFit now. But, yeah. but like she just was tired of the fight game as far as like just the inconsistencies of opponents and the and the one time she did fight her opponent then backed out but they put a replacement in and it happened to be like this world-class or yeah. you know amateur fighter not like a professional but she she had like at least 10 fights under her belt yep and it's like jesus dude like throw her to the wolves why don't you exactly yeah which is again another reason why i like the fact that i had a whole camp i knew exactly what i'm up against like that it, it'll be interesting to see what i can do with with putting all that together but you're right man the the fact that so many people could at least before just drop out because some people really aren't game to do it and they never were in the first place but they don't let the world know until right before and it's especially when you're first getting your toes in it when you're like yeah early on yeah like couple let me bang bro yeah yeah right <laughs> um what else was i going to ask you about fusion or I guess you kind of answered all my questions with that. Um, oh, that's right. You don't got to give me a number, but do you get paid? No. Damn. On purpose a little bit, though. Because let's put, I'll, I'll tell you, I won't tell you numbers or anything like this, but the guy that I fought last time for Fusion does get paid. Okay. But there's sponsorship deals and things like that, um, endorsements, different things. Uh, and he's, he lost, by the way, let's be very clear. I have not lost yet. This man has lost twice. Okay. And he gets paid. Right. More, which is obviously more than me cause I'm not getting paid right now, but it's on purpose because I don't like when I start taking sponsorships and let's be clear about this too, is like, I can, I could be paid, but I don't want to just like jump into those sorts of things until I'm confident in what I'm doing already and like marketing, being able to market myself. You know what I mean? Sure. Because like there's a, a couple of different people that I took cards for that were like, hey man, um, let's talk and everything like that. But until I know what I'm offering and I know at least some value of behind who I am as a fighter, then I'm not. Because it's, it's bigger numbers that way. You know what I True. mean? True. And then also if you have sponsors and then you end up losing and then they're like, well... I don't want to deal yeah. with you. And then if you start winning again, it's like, well, we tried this once before. Like mm-hmm. you already kind of burned your bridge. So that's, yeah. that's fairly smart. And it gives you like more incentive to, cause you win or lose, you get paid with mm-hmm. the sponsorship thing. So it's yeah. like, 
Yep. You're playing the long game. Yep. And like I said, man, if I go in there and I put on these crazy shows, like, and all I'm doing is is I'm doing it for myself, and I, I don't gotta, you know, answer to nobody. Um, it's more entertaining, and then I can be more specific about what I want. Right. So if I went up to someone, I'm like, okay, let's do this. But here's the deal: you want like you want me to be your fighter. It's gonna be the way that I fought the whole time. Yeah. And then I get to do what I want, and it'll just be way more, way more freedom involved with doing that, and it'll just be kind of badass. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean that's commendable for sure. I mean, so essentially what you're saying is, you pay for your training your camp all that stuff out of pocket mm -hmm. what about insurance do they at least insure you yeah that, well they and they've got all that stuff on hand too so all the medical and things like that is taken care of um, well that's good there yeah that's relieving because yeah. that would be my biggest fear honestly yeah. it's like having to pay medical out of pocket it's like yeah yeah no it's different it's different with commission-based stuff too because there's more um safety precautions and things like that too so it's it's definitely well ran and well put together. Um, so yeah, it it is it is good in terms of um, you know organization as well, especially now more recently. But just like I said, man, like the sponsorship and money side of it is just I'm not where I can't I can't even with that side of it because it's like I'm already freaking out to fight in the cage again. You yeah, know? for sure. So. Um... I blanked. Um, <laughs> um, who are your coaches? Yeah. So Will Grindhouse or Grundhauser, um, he runs Grindhouse and everything like that. Obviously, he was a pro fighter back in the day um, for, well, not really for Fusion, but with those same kind of guys and stuff like that, which also, let's be clear about that, too. There's That's also the end goal is pro yeah where you get paid a lot i mean even fusion fighters get paid a good hmm. good hunk of change to do it um but yeah he uh he fought for a while and undefeated won belts um almost in the ufc but there's a funny story around that um but yeah uh didn't want didn't end up taking the deal to go into the ufc and then uh, Mikey Zindler is another one of the guys that I, he's more of a training partner, but he's also one of my coaches. He'll be in um, your corner then. I think he's actually going to be in Mexico. I believe he's in Cancun for, mm. um, a grappling tournament. It's like an invite only, nice. um, combat jujitsu, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So, I saw him fight in one of those last ones that I, yep. Yep, the one where he, he was had being a, all cocky. And... But he had a tough matchup, man. Like, yep. that dude was no joke. Like, that guy looked pretty pro. Like, pretty pro-ready. Because yep. like, he was a champ or whatever. Yep. He was, like, 32 and something. I was like... Did you see uh, he, he had his UFC debut? Oh, see, and I, I had a feeling. I was like, this kid... Like, just the way he moved, you could tell he was very polished. Yep. I was I like... his Contender Series or something like that. Okay. Or, I had no idea. Yeah. Daryl Alderman, yeah, he took a knee to the face on a takedown, like directly, like Ben Askren level, and ate it. Jeez, just right through, completed the takedown, and beat the guy up on the ground. And then at the end of it, he's like still got the same face. I'm like, some people are made of iron. Yeah, for Truly. real. So, any anyway, uh, coaches? 
Yes. Yep. Uh, and then Shane, uh, Shane Havoc Victor. He's one of my boxing coaches. He was in my corner in Bozeman. Um, he's a he's another pro fighter, uh, trying to get into some different stuff again. But he's he was he was fighting for so long. Won belts. Fought in um, like trained with uh, Alistar Overeem. Damn. Um, yeah. In he went and trained Muay Thai um, overseas. I don't remember. I'm drawing wherever the heck the Muay Thai people go. Thailand. <laughs> Obviously. Wow. <laughs> we all do it. That's that's where he was. was right Thailand. on. Um, is, is that everybody? Mm-hmm. Right on. Um, as far as uh, record goes, this goes on pro record, does it? Or is it considered an amateur record? Yeah, amateur and pro record are very different. Okay. So. Uh, which is an interesting concept. Uh, Cody Garbrandt went 0-2 in his amateur uh, fights and then went on, as soon as he went pro, just went on. Like 10-0 or 11-0. Yeah. And now he's on like an 0-5 streak or something like yep. that. But the interesting part about it is the amateur record is kind of hidden. Hmm. You don't really see that until people go pro because your pro record is 0-0 no matter what. Right. And then like we, you start out from the same spot. So you'll get guys who've boxed for... 10 years and have 300 fights and then they go pro and they're O and O. So there's the amateur side of things is really interesting because that's a whole journey in and of itself before you even get to the pro ranks. And then once you're pro, you take all of that time that you didn't have to be training before. And then you, you're in it now. You know what I mean? You're a fighter now. So you have to go through the amateur journey and love it before you can start, you know, taking those pro fights. So what what qualifies a fight to be pro? Can you have a pro fight in Fusion? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, there's okay. pro fights on the card. So yeah. basically any organization you can have professional, like, mm-hmm. fights were considered. Most, yeah, most, like, legit shows have, like, two or three pro uh, MMA bouts. So what is it? what constitutes a pro fight? Amateur fights, you can't um, throw knees to the head. You can't throw elbows to the head. Um, grounded kicks to the face. I'm going to have to ask on this next one because I want to do that. And I'm sure rules vary. Yeah, it, it, it does vary. But the, the basic rules that are universal are no elbows and no knees to the head um, in amateur and, yes, in pro. So a lot, lot more cuts and everything like that. Um, there's obviously more nuances to it but and do you just kind of sign a pro or amateur contract is that kind of how that works yep there's like this is going to be an amateur fight yep or this is going to be a pro fight Mm -hmm. okay yep and like i said pro pro fighters get paid and they they even even like at like a fusion level they get paid okay so um as far as pro fights the the organization pays them on top of if they have sponsors yep Yep. Gotcha. That's why like pro fighters come from everywhere. Sure. So like we'll have like Grindhouse has pro fighters and everything like that, and you'll see them fight guys from Vegas. You'll see them fight guys from all over the place because obviously there's more. Um, they're gonna show up. It's a pro. You're on a co- contract. It's your job. Being paid to do it. All your travel and everything is free and all that. They want you to come fight. So they'll find people from anywhere to have good fights, 
because they know both guys are going to show up and they know what they're going to do because they've got all those amateur records, you know. Um, so, yeah, any any organization can have pro fights. Fusion's going to have, I think, two of them. Um, but, yeah. Nice. Well, okay, so that actually... I learned something there because I had no idea how that worked. Yeah. So that's interesting. I'm glad I know that now. Yeah. And then when do you get to decide if it's going to be pro or do they decide? Um, it kind of depends on your gym, honestly. Oh. Because, uh, like, like for me, I won't, I literally won't fight anybody unless Will, like, Will says. Like, Will has the say in all of it. That's why, like, I'm fighting the guy I am now. He just said, hey... You're fighting June 3rd. Cool. Because I'm in the gym anyways. It's like all I know is that fight camp started. And so it's like he'll just tell me who I'm fighting. And same thing with him. He'll tell you not to go pro. Like it's not a good idea. But yes. He just kind of watches out and sees what he's. Yeah. Just okay. But what a good go coach pro. would do. Yeah, exactly. But you can go pro at any point. Like you can just tell the organization, um, you know, I want to fight on this pro card. And obviously they're not going to just be like, oh, any Tom, Dick, and Harry can come in here and tell me that they're a pro. You have to have, like, obviously a vetted amateur or pro record. Um, And and they don't often do that. Uh, Not anymore, but um, you can let them know you'd like to fight as a pro, um, and they can, I mean, improve you. You could go in there if you wanted to. They wouldn't let it happen, I hope. (laughs) I also hope not. <laughs> but if they wanted to sign you to a contract, you're in there. Interesting. Yeah. I've seen like the that one that my uh, sister did. I don't think I don't know if that was fusion or not. I want to say it wasn't. Mm-hmm. But that was some janky stuff. Like there yeah. were some people that were like, I mean, how have you lived in Billings how long? Two as long as I've been training 2 years. Okay. Now. And you said you're from from Miles City, Bozeman, Missoula. Just all around. Yeah. Gotcha. Mostly those three. Okay, so um, there used to be this bar just right down the street, you know, a good distance down the street here. They used to have MMA fights outside. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude, it's the most janky thing. And, like, it's, yeah. like, people that don't belong in there. They're clearly, like, very undertrained. It's just yep. the most amateur you they can be. They just get in there. Yeah. Well, they don't just pull people out. I mean, they are, like, on the card. Mm-hmm. And they technically trained for it. Yeah. But it doesn't look like it. Yep. It's like, uh, at some points, I'm like, mm, I could probably go in there and at least handle myself a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But everyone says that. And then they get in there, and it's, like, totally different. Well, it's a so. different world, man. But you're you're right. There are some shows that have that are that are of that level and of that caliber, um, and they're not really sanctioned things at yeah, all. Yeah, I didn't they think just, so. <laughs> just get in there and throw hands, I guess. Pretty much. It's just for bar entertainment. Yep. Um, okay, so where'd you go to high school, then? So I went to this is where the living all over comes in. Just so kind of bounced around then. Yeah, I lived in Missoula and went to Valley Christian in uh, Missoula, which is a private school in Missoula. And then uh, my end of my junior summer, heading into my senior year, I moved to Manhattan mm. Churchill area, which is right outside of Bozeman, and went to Manhattan Christian, played for a state championship, lost Arlene. And then uh, went to college in Miles City, so that's the okay. That's the three of them. Did you play ball in Miles City too? Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say you're tall enough, like you you got that that range. So oh, yeah, dude, I was dunking on fools back in the day. Very nice. I had to. How tall are you? Six six. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Oh. 
So that gives you an advantage a little bit too in in the fighting as far as like reach, right? Nine times out of ten, yes. This guy's six four. Okay, so, so I mean, I guess at those higher weights, or well, I guess you're fighting at a lower one, weight, one seventy. Yeah, yeah, you're fighting at a lower. So maybe that is more more the height they, for they those. They picked it well. They did a good job in picking this matchup. And we're like, no advantages. Well, Reach, screw you. <laughs> it's a good test. You know, you'll yeah. learn and yeah. and hopefully you just beat the brakes off him. And, it's ideal, right? Yeah. And so if you do, then that just shows where you're at. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, you know this guy's kind of no punk. Yeah. He's got a background already. Mm-hmm. He's got the height and whatnot. Trains with UFC fighters, bro. He comes from a UFC gym. Really? Oh, yeah. He was training with Eric Anders or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's some sparring pictures and stuff with him. So that's why I'm saying it's a great, great gauge. Because even even if I'm hanging with this guy and I'm like, if I feel like I'm in that fight and I'm like, and obviously when I knock him out, it's going to feel great. But like the minute I get in there and like feel that, you know what I mean? Being literally in the octagon and like being in that moment and knowing, you know, what I'm capable of with that level of competition that competes against UFC guys, then I, then I know where I'm going, you know, for sure. This would definitely be a question probably to ask you more after the fight, Mm -hmm. but you have had the one, what for you personally, was that feeling like when that cage door shuts your Mm -hmm. opponents across from you? Like some guys get really adrenaline some guys just are real calm. Like, mm-hmm. what was that like for you? Um, so it's a little bit of everything. Um, it's it's the best feeling ever. It's very intoxicating because it's like a drug. There's just a release of so many different things. Obviously, there's adrenaline. Obviously, there's just testosterone from this weight cut where you just had all this energy back into your body. There's people watching you. It's And then on top of that, your fight or flight kicks in and you now have no flight option. So your body goes and your brain even goes to a different place because it's no longer, it's like in transformers when like Optimus prime drops his helmet in front of his face and stuff like that. And then he's right. Like it's battle mode. Yeah. It's a completely different version of yourself. And for me personally, it's very, um, focused i just feel very i have a job so it's not like it's it's you know anything other than that i'm going in there with one thing in mind and whatever i have to do to accomplish my goal it's just very focused because there's no time to be thinking about anything else hearing anybody that's a big thing that goes was like for me i couldn't hear what anybody but my coach was saying and it was loud in there well that's good then yeah yeah. Like I'm sure that's a struggle for a lot of young fighters is mm-hmm. is just blocking out that noise or either blocking it out completely or not being able to block it out at all. Yep. Where you're blocking out your coaches as well, but it's yep. good that you can. Yeah, hear hear what you're supposed to hear type thing. You get pretty good sparring sessions in then. Is it pretty? Yeah. Do they do a pretty good job of like simulating? Mm-hmm. We do. Um, so it's very. Sparring sessions are very geared towards every aspect of the fight because when you break down a fight, especially against people who have specialties like grapplers and things like that, you have to target on each aspect of it. So we do clinch work sparring, inside dirty dirty boxing sparring, um, and then obviously combat jujitsu, regular jujitsu, wrestling, and then 
at the end of it we usually strike and things like that because you want to be your striking wants to be from a place of of tiredness you want no cardio and then be able to stand and throw hands with somebody and car uh grappling is really draining so you want to start with that and then get it all out of the way train that as intensely as you can and then a tired you can strike you know yeah so and what's the what's the minute rounds is it three minutes or is it five i believe it's three okay three minute round three three minute rounds uh for fusion okay Yep. Is that what is five is three five minutes standard or or is that just UFC and Bella like the it's higher pro leagues? okay usually pro three five minute rounds um, five five minutes is title title fights yes yes um, and that's usually another description discrepancy between pro and amateur fights uh, it is kind of different depending on what show you're with but three threes is pretty standard for um mma right on yeah okay i'm gonna give you well let's start with this so you seem pretty well versed in in uh ufc and bellator history and it we can I, i'm actually not as uh key, like keyed in on bellator mm-hmm. i know a little bit yeah so i'm just well, gonna seize the big one. i'll specifically ask for ufc because i know it and yeah. most people do yeah your top five not best because that's a it's a hard debate mm-hmm. just top five favorite okay. personal favorite fighters okay throughout all all time all time yeah not currently okay and are we going based off of personality or overall i just like just em. whatever it is okay um so i'm gonna go i like chael sonnen a lot i think he brought a lot of eyes the same way conor mcgregor did he was he was the conor before conor exactly and i still think he might be the best trash talker of all time he very easily could yeah yep. i think uh and in, in no particular order either yeah 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 anderson silva just because i think as far as striking goes and just a dominant um striker in general uh anderson silva which by the way still a jujitsu black belt like it's crazy how many of those guys are strikers. You're like, oh, they're kickboxers, but they also have jujitsu backgrounds that are really diverse. Um, so yeah, Anderson Silva's dominant reign was some of my favorite to watch. Um, I liked Chuck Liddell just because he was the OG like bad mother effer dude. Like, oh yeah, he was. He was like. He was also kind of a first Connor in the way that he was like the franchise guy. Yeah. Yep. Yep. He just beat the, see, he was doing the personal things and like branding himself and bringing himself and the brand of MMA. And he was the only one really doing it. He was in movies, commercials, yeah. like nobody was really doing that. We were all just beating the brakes off of each other and. Everyone knew who Chuck Liddell was. Exactly, exactly. And so he brought a lot of eyes to the sport that I think um, I liked and enjoyed watching. Um, I really, nowadays, like Sean O'Malley. I think that's that's four. That's four. Yeah, I just like his personality and his style is just so fluid. His striking's on another level, but his jiu-jitsu's not not bad either like he just hasn't you just haven't seen it really Mm -hmm. and he's from here exactly exactly so represent he fought on fusion by the way that's awesome yeah well Um, and his coach is also tim welsh is from great falls i think yep 
Yep. And I think he trained some in Helena too. Like he's just, or he's from Helena or something like that. Sean. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Just cool. I think that's cool. It's super cool. Guys I mean, he he, ta- he he tends to talk a lot of shit about Montana, but yeah. But I think he still has like, you know. Yeah. He's definitely more of like a a. a Big big star now, so Showman, it's, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's he's easily like the current kind of Connor esque guy that's winning. Has the the mouth, has the attitude, mm-hmm. just has that that uh, fire. Yeah, and he's a young guy. He's got plenty of time ahead of him, and he's so smart. Longevity is huge, and as soon as you're building this massive brand, like same sort of thing that I'm I was telling you about before you take all this money and everything and you get locked down into fighting for one you know group and it gets harder and harder build a personal brand you know what I mean and then bring that to the table when you're fighting and then you're a star you know what I mean so I like I like him doing that and I like that he backs it up like I said same sort of Connor way and I think my fifth is the new new to the game Patty Patty Bimblet or Pimblet I really like him He's fun. Yeah. I like his attitude. I like how fat he is. Yeah. <laughs> how he somehow balances that. Like, I, it's pretty hard to yep. comp- compromise or, or to uh, comprehend how, how he pulls that off. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know that weight cut. And honestly, I'm really about it. Like, yeah. It makes me want to eat ice cream <laughs> every day. Um, well, he got it, he's got it dialed in somehow, so... Yeah, I don't know how he cuts back after and then cuz he's fat. Yeah, he gets big, big. Yeah, like no joke, big fella, which again has me thinking about waffles, man. Oh my god, waffles, pancakes, tons of syrup, snow cones. See, that's the hard part right there. Is I just get hungry, man. Uh, I'm hungry right now. That would crush me. Yeah. I I'm actually currently dieting also. Mm-hmm. I, probably not as long as you have been, but I uh, just started last week because I got a couple weddings I'm going to be in, so I'm just trying to yeah. look good in a suit. <laughs> yeah, got you. But I know once I get further down the line of that, I'm going to be like, oh, yep. chocolate. I would make one recommendation to you if you're like weight-cutting dieting, give yourself like a targeted time to cheat. Sure. And don't do it like – because are you working out and oh, yeah. dieting? Yeah. Yep, give yourself a targeted time to cheat because it'll help you mentally go through it all mm-hmm. um, and, and be able to last longer because at the end of it, if you don't see like an end and you're like, oh my God, I'm just trying to look good in this suit. <laughs> it's like, it's not worth it. I'm going to have that piece of cake. Well, and eventually I, I mean, I plan on carrying it a little further past that, but that yeah. was just like the initial yep. idea. Yep. And for health reasons, you know, just to feel better and... Oh, yeah. I was just eating like dog shit for a long, long time, and I was like, mm, yeah, "Time to pull that back a little same, bit." Same, dude. Taco Bell, the the quesarillas, like the, and and forgive me if I go in depth about food. I dream about like shitty food, <laughs> <laughs> but like Taco Bell quesaritos, man. Oh my god! Like I remember just pulling up to a drive-through of that, and like, oh, this is easy. Yeah. Like this is easy food. I don't have to like count it out, and it's not green and fucking gross, and have no sort of nothing on it. Sugar. I'm a huge sugar guy. I, I have bad sweet tooth also. Yeah. I'll eat anything that's sweet. Yeah. Pastries. Oh. Ugh. This... Donuts. Oh, there was, at work today, they had a bunch of Krispy Kreme donuts. And I was like. <sighs> yeah, it's like a magnet. Like, you've seen that thing from SpongeBob where, like, the smell comes out and grabs them by the nostrils and pulls, pulls them, them in. in. That's me, man. Like, I see it, and it's just. <laughs> it sucks. 
All right, so let me give you this. I'm going to give you a couple of just com- fighters. You tell me who's better. Okay. John Jones. Okay. Anderson Silva. Primes. Primes. And then we're not talking if we fought if they fought each other. Well, they're not the weight, same weight class, are right? They? But I mean, like if or mm, that might be a bad matchup. Yeah. Because I'd I'd want to put them in the in the uh, weight classes. Yeah. Who who would Anderson? What did Anderson fight? Welterweight? Yeah, he would have fought him versus Israel Adesanya. I think. Okay, that's actually what I originally yeah. wanted to say was Adesanya. So Adesanya yeah. and Anderson. Yeah. Now they obviously they have fought before, but, but that wasn't primes. that wasn't Prime Anderson. Yep. Which was also still see. I think honestly, personally, I think Anderson Silva wins most of those times just because he was already old and still stood with Israel Adesanya. And I think that there's um, there's weaknesses to Israel Adesanya's game in the kickboxing realm that have been displayed by, like, for example, new UFC Alex Pereira fighting in July. He's the only one who's knocked out Israel Adesanya cold in kickboxing. And Anderson Silva would murder Alex Pereira. Like, just oh, yeah. murder him. Yeah. And I don't think that any form of Israel Adesanya now is just at the same level as Anderson Silva was. And maybe I'm wrong, but... It would be a hell of a fight. Yeah, I think so, too. I think it would end in a finish, for sure. Yeah. Prime Jose Aldo. Prime Alex Volkanovski. Which is probably right now. No, Jose's old. No, I mean... mean Alexander, like Volkanovski, yeah. probably is in oh, his yeah. prime right now, and yeah. and honestly, Jose's looking pretty good in bantamweight. Like he's he, like the number fourth ranked or yeah. something like that. It's their own hands, their yeah, own hands, he's a man. stud still. But anyway, prime at forty five. Volkanovski, I think so too. Just because I mean, Jose Aldo's fast. His leg kicks are ridiculous. But personally, I think the level of fighter that. Alexander Volkanovsky has gone to absolute war with Brian Ortega, Max Holloway twice. Like, these sorts of guys are, like, absolute legends of the game. He's got power. Mm-hmm. And he's fought Jose Aldo, and he he's still, like, he was still good. I mean, Jose's still good. So I, I think Volkanovsky's wrestling and just overall durability, just, it would be a great fight, too. Agreed. Yeah. All right, this is probably the toughest one. Okay. For yeah. me, for sure. Like, I have a really hard time with this one. Yeah. Kamaru Usman, George St. Pierre. Yeah. There's one There's one I have dreams about, bro. That's hard because it's, hard, one. it's hard because you see what Usman's doing now, and it's just so hard to imagine. And to an extent, it's like I'm – I would agree that the talent is tougher now than it was when George was fighting, mm-hmm. but I can't say George wouldn't beat the brakes off of anybody now too yeah. in his prime. George, when you go back and look at prime George, it's unreal. Yeah, I think he's a transcendent athlete, and I think that's why he would match up well with anybody in today's. That's why the Kamar Usman fight is so interesting, is because. He was a pioneer of the athletic side of it. Like Kamar Usman's an absolute monster, and he's jacked, and he's, you know, got all this power. GSP was training 
gymnastics and training in different regimens that were targeted towards him being the best well-rounded athlete and that's why in my opinion he's the he's the goat yeah because he he fought so many different ways he's a karate background isn't he Mm -hmm. that's and that's very rare yeah and his wrestling is is really good which is i think one of those things that would give like for example colby covington gave kamara usman his Arguably his toughest two fights. Mm-hmm. I think GSP murders Colby. I would agree. Yeah, and so I think I think he would give Kamaru the hardest time and win. I think It'd be a great. Yeah, I I would actually agree with you, but it would be an awesome fight. Oh yeah, that would be probably that one that I I'd pay I'd pay money to see that. See, and I don't I don't think George wins nine times out of, or I don't think he wins ten out of ten. No, you know I think Kamaru gets a few in there, mm-hmm. but I I think George comes out on top most times. Yeah. and I think it's a bloody grueling really like because they're both so athletic pushing them to that brink would be so interesting to watch because they test each other the whole way matt hughes fights with gsp and matt hughes was a freak too Mm -hmm. like those sorts of guys are just athletically strong and that's why kamar usman versus another really athletically strong person would be so entertaining even not saying nobody else is right nobody come at me but the uh and GSP's just so smart too. He's just yeah. so intelligent in the in the ring. Mm-hmm. Um who is that stud in Bellator at welter or not welterweight at uh middleweight? At middleweight. That's oh that just had that win. Yeah. Over um Paige Van Zant's boyfriend. Uh I know who you're talking about. I don't remember his name. It's gonna kill me. Um not, we're not talking about Paige Van Den's boyfriend, are we? No. Yeah, yeah, the guy no, he no. fought. Yep, he he fought him and it had a pretty decisive. Let me see. victory. If I see the name, I'll know. Shoot, Let me see real man. quick. Uh, he was all like, "I'm the best on the planet right now." Well, and I was gonna say him versus, um, him versus uh, what's uh, Izzy? Yeah, yeah. Let me see Bellator. Because they're saying that those two are the are the best middleweights. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I Izzy's the best. It, I would at have this time. Hmm. Oh, Gegard. Yeah, Gegard Musasi. Yeah, Musasi, baby. Who is it? He fought Tyler or something or Noah, something. I do not know. Paige Van Zandt's boyfriend, Johnny. Eblin, maybe? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, that's the next fight. Austin Vanderford. Austin Vanderford. Yep, who was also no joke. Oh, yeah. So him to get beat was, and as handily as he was, was, like, pretty solid. But I think before I see uh, Musasi fight Adesanya, I've got to see Alex Pereira fight him again. We've got to see that. I've got to see Jeremy oh, Cadenier. But first... Pereira's got to get past Sean Strickland, who's a freaking wild man. Look how quickly... It's almost funny how marketing has taken over UFC. Mm -hmm. Alex Pereira's on a fast track to a title shot because it's just going to sell so many Well, he's not even ranked. Exactly. He's fighting the number four guy. Yeah. Sean Strickland is well ahead of him in that. Jared Cannonier has been on deck for so long, but anybody... And they're they're not gonna know who 
uh, Sean Strickland is. They're not going to know who Jared Cannonier is. Everybody knows who Adesanya is, and you don't have to be anybody unless you're the guy who knocked him out before. Right. You're the one thing. Twice. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, man, is like they don't they don't want to see Sean Strickland versus Adesanya. Although that that could be interesting because because Sean Strickland has such a, a wild mentality. And yeah. he's got a mouth on him too, so it's like but but he doesn't do it in like a Colby way. He just does it in like a I don't I'm know that he's crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's legit nuts. Yeah. I you know what though is is I don't I think his last fight, and this is why it's also so interesting, his last fight in the UFC, in my opinion, was not it. He was all like, I'm going to knock this guy out against Jack Hermanson, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to go and fight for the belt. You got to go out there, man. Well, and you got to beat one of these top, top guys, like mm-hmm. Cannoneer, uh, Brunson. And you got to do it with emphatic fashion. Mm-hmm. Like Jared Cannoneer made a statement and he was like listen i'm next well marvin you got to get to marvin tory really like yeah. or whitaker mm-hmm. like who who we can't say whitaker's out of this yet oh yeah they were talking about whitaker potentially dropping down and going to fight like uzman or colby yep. which would be fantastic i think that would be an amazing couple of couple of matchups if he's if he's gonna do that he's just his health has always been kind of an issue and so Hopefully, if he can if he can do that cut, I would love to see that. Yeah, love to see that. But yeah, man, I you gotta get through those guys to fight the title shot, and they're fast tracking Alex Pereira so transparently right up to sh- number four, Sean Strickland. And it's funny because you know who they want to win. Yeah, they want Alex Pereira. Of course, to win. nobody wants to see Sean Strickland. Unless he beats the brakes off Alex Pereira. Yeah, then it, it might give him more levity. But even still, I think even if Sean Strickland beats... The only reason if he beats Alex Pereira, he'd get a title shot is because Adesanya's already beat everyone else. Yep. And he first has to beat Cannoneer, and Cannoneer's no joke. Mm-hmm. Like, Cannoneer could easily go in swinging wild and mm-hmm. knock him out or wrestle him. Yeah. Cannoneer, I'm sure, gets up heavy. Look at him, too. He's... Bill. He he's, used to fight at heavyweight. Yeah. Yeah. And well, he had success at heavyweight, and he's just stacks now. Oh, he looks like a freaking statue. Yeah. He looks like he's made out of marble. Yeah. He's in. Yeah. You know what's crazy is I'm going to be at that fight. Are you? Yeah. Where is that? Vegas, July 2nd. Hell yeah. I bought the tickets to it before they released the card. Nice. Like well into the year, so I didn't have to pay as much money, and I was like, well. Let's see what happens, and then they released it, and I was like, great, cool, it's just going to be the best show of the year. The July show is always top-notch, yeah. and and uh, I was going to go down to uh, that last one, mm-hmm. the... um Holloway Holloway one? No, 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 the... um Zombie. Who was it? It was, uh, it was so, it was not a good fight, so I'm glad I didn't go. Yeah. It was when Rose fought Carla Esparza yeah. and uh, Michael was... Chandler, Tony Ferguson... And uh, that one, Justin Gaethje, Charles Holloway. Yeah, well, and that was a good fight, but I was going for Justin Gaethje. Yeah, and so, it was short. It was a short It was. So that, that kind of, and to see that, that Rose, as far as the fight, that was a really Garbage rough fight to watch. For a yeah. championship five-round fight, you're going to stand around the middle and patty cake around. Come on, now we know that Carlos Barza wants to take her down, and we know that Rose was looking for a knockout. Yeah. So go. Yeah, somebody's going <laughs> to. Go for it. I get Rose 
being hesitant, be, wanting to hold the championship, but you're not going to be cha- like it proved you you can't yeah. be a champion and not be aggressive. And what kind of champion do you want to be? I would I'd rather be the champion that goes out there and is going to beat the brakes off of somebody and go and get finishes. Like Israel Adesanya is an amazing champion because he has so many finishes. He's finishing Paulo Costa. He's finishing all these crazy guys going into battle yeah. with Kelvin Gastelum, which. By the way, one of the best title fights I've ever seen. Agreed. But, like, there's no legacy. You have no... Le- you're the champion. You have nothing to lose. Like, you will you could lose the belt, but you've, you've now done it. You've won the championship belt. Now go out there and defend it. You know what I'm saying? And they don't do it with the same fire sometimes, which is just frustrating. Right. Like, go fight, man. Be game. Yeah, there's some good cards coming up. Oh, I'm yeah. excited. There's a, there's a lot of it's 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 great when any matchup in the top ten of any division mm-hmm. is just amazing. Yeah. So we're living like you said we're living in a very rich time for uh, MMA. Yep. What and do you think our best weight classes in UFC right now. Lightweight. You think so? Yeah. Lightweight or bantamweight. Yeah. Bantamweight's pretty fucking stacked. Pretty stacked, dude. There's a lot of really fun fights in there. Yeah. Yeah. I think Lightweight's been top for a while, though. It's just been so exciting. Featherweight's good, too. Like, all these... But, I mean, you could say the same about welterweight or middleweight. Like, mm-hmm. there's just killers everywhere. Yeah. I think as far as fully stacked, it probably, to me, actually might be bantamweight. Just because you got Sean O'Malley down there at 13. Yeah. I mean, Marlon Vera... Who's Which, got great fights? Rob Font's no joke. Rob Font, you know, uh, kicked. but he still was putting out volume. Volume, yeah. yeah. And then uh, Aldo's in there. Piotr Jan. Yeah. TJ Dillashaw's back. Yeah. Henry Cejudo might be coming back. Like that's a fiery. Some buzz. Yeah. Some buzz. Those are finishers. Lots of. I think this Henry Cejudo thing would absolutely change up everything. He, I would love to see him fight Volkanovski. Yeah, if he went in and fought, fought yeah. at forty-five, that would be so cool. Prime, like because if Volk beats Holloway a third time definitively, mm-hmm. he's done it all. Yeah. The only thing left for him to do at forty-five is beat is to fight Suhudo. Yep. But then he just needs to go up to to fifty-five and just see what beat see how he stacks too. up with them. Him versus. Like an Islam Makashev could be incredible. I would, I would see that fight. I would see that fight. I'd like it. I think that's the inevitable uh, fifty-five championship fight is Makachev versus Oliveira, and Oliveira is yeah. a fucking stud too. Yeah, that's why I think that. See, man, I think Oliveira wins that. Everybody's all Islam's no joke. He's the next Khabib, but look at all the guys that Oliveira has taken the best punch from, like Michael Chandler. An absolute tank. Look at what he did to Tony Ferguson. Well, and and they're expecting Makachev to take him down. Mm-hmm. He's this Oliveira on the ground is scary. Exactly, he's scary off of his back. He's quick with submissions. Like that's gotta be a stand-up fight because. And even then, like the other thing too is like it's so enticing because if Makachev does wrestle him and just absolutely demolish him and and takes him into deep waters and drowns him new khabib you know what i'm saying super exciting but i just don't see that from from such a ridiculously active 
black belt that's just submitting everyone after he knocks everybody out too. And Oliver's hands are very underrated. Oh, like yeah. he's got some power in those hands and he's just he's got the confidence, he's got the swagger like mm-hmm. I have underestimated Charles Oliveira every every title fight he's been in. Yep. I've picked Gaethje, picked Michael Chandler, Poirier. Yep. All of them. Picked them all. And I think for me mostly it wasn't necessarily that I doubted Oliveira, it's that I just am a fan of the other guys. Yeah. I'm not like I'm a fan of Oliveira now. Mm-hmm. He made me a fan of him. Oh yeah. But also with Makachev, he hasn't fought anybody in the top five. Maybe even the top ten. I think he fought one guy in the top ten. Yeah, supposed to fight Benil Dariush, and then he dropped, and then he took uh, that fight against... Um... Uh, Green. Yeah, yeah. And and then called out, like, I get a title fight now. I'm like, bro. Mm, I think he still needs to fight Dariush. Well, yeah, he didn't fin... Like, yeah, he... Or Michael Chandler. He's He's got to have a little bit more of a progression to the top, you know? Same with, like, Kamzat, for example. Like, he's doing it, right? He's beaten... He just had a great fight against Gilbert Burns. But he also got launched way faster than most guys would. And it shows. Yeah. It shows that the top four of any division is no no joke. Yeah. And, it, like, uh, unmovable. Like, if you feel good enough to beat... Because Makachev didn't take any damage through his first few fights. Like, he was just so much better. Yeah. That it was like, he can't... We can't let him in the ring with these guys. They're, he's he's a murderer. Well, and you, yeah, same with Hamzat and mm-hmm. both those guys. Or yeah. were you talking about Hamzat? Or, yeah. Okay. Hamzat, yeah. yeah. Makachev was kind of the same too. He never he took is. any damage. Yeah, and that's the thing though is is I think again getting back to like the the fast tracking of fighters in the UFC. I think it's sad sometimes just because you can tell the story that they're trying to portray. Like for example, on. Um, the contender series or whatever, the or the ultimate fighter right now, uh, Mohammed Usman, Kamar Usman's brother is on it. He's not that good. Yeah. But he's all that they talked about for like... Because he's Kamaro's brother. Exactly. And it's a great story. And so sometimes when they get a win, it's like, okay, cool. Now let's put him in another fight that's going to make us some money, even though it's it's not... Like, it's too close. Like, there could be making other fights that would just be more exciting. Right. You know? But, I don't know. If Islam is for real, then then I want to see him fight Daryush. Because Daryush is not a joke either. Yeah. He yeah. hasn't fought. Another guy, I mean, like I said, top four in any division is, is tough. Yep. And uh, I have a prediction. I don't think we ever see Kamar Usman versus Hamzat. You don't think so? Nope. I think Usman's gonna, Usman's either gonna fight and beat Leon Edwards mm-hmm. and retire, yeah, or he'll fight and beat Leon Edwards and then get like a mega fight with either like a Nate Diaz or uh, Nate's gonna be gone by then, yeah. But it'll be um, maybe Dustin Poirier or I don't know that Poirier would necessarily deserve a title shot right He'd away. Go after a McGregor fight. McGregor, yeah, that's. I mean, that's absolutely a big one. Or yeah. maybe Israel. Yeah. And he straight up said that he does not want to do that unless the money's right. The money would be right. Yeah. You put. I mean, they. He said, "I'll fight Izzy in a title, title fight, title versus title fight." If the money's right, yeah, there's no way they don't get paid big, big money Buko for that. Bucks, bro. But Buko that's Bucks. that's my prediction. He's either got one or two fights left in him because they've been saying that he's 
almost like he's on the retirement road. Yeah. And I just don't think he would. I th- not that I think he's scared of Hamzat. I just don't it's think an unnecessary risk. Right. Almost, exactly. That's know? exactly it. Is yes, he is a threat, and it's kind of one of those things like then you look like kind of a punk because this guy just just burst onto the scene. Mm-hmm. He's only been fighting in the UFC for like two years. Yeah. And. Yeah, I don't know. I just think I don't see it happening. I think, yeah. especially what he just did to Gilbert Burns. I think Hamza definitely has to fight Colby. Yeah, I think that's the next fight to make for Hamza for sure. And I, I think you're, I, I think you're, you're right with it too. Usman's just, he's, he's been around a while. Mm-hmm. He has. He's well, he's got knee problems. Yep. And so I think, I think he beats Leon. And then he just gets that big, big money fight, whoever it is. Yep. Connor makes sense. Mm-hmm. I don't think Connor beats him. No, absolutely not. But, but they'll sell it. And it will be big money. Oh, yeah. And that I think that's the one that ab- makes the most sense for everybody involved. Mm-hmm. But then I think Israel is the only other real, like, big, big money option. Yep. So I don't I- think they would do it just because they're both, like, the Nigerian, like, yeah. thing. Yeah. I, I I don't think that they. Could you imagine though if they, they did that in Nigeria? Oh my God! Well, but that. Where would you have it in Nigeria? No idea. <laughs> but <laughs> or, or just do it in in Africa somewhere, like yeah. whatever the big. Yeah. Big arena in Africa, you could do it in. I think I just I don't think they'll do it. I don't think so either. I think Con- Connor makes the most sense. Yep. For everyone, because Connor would make thing. good money. Yeah, and Connor doesn't at this point. I don't you think can take that fight too. You're you're good with that. Yeah, get a, get especially how big he is right now. Yeah, I don't see Connor coming shit. back to fifty five. No, I don't. I um, I don't even know how many fights Connor's got left. He's got so much money. He, Another guy with one or two fights. Yep, and, and they're only going to be big. They're either going to be title fights or just big, big money fights like mm-hmm. uh, Nate Diaz, Kamaru Usman. Yep, I think he's got two fights left. I think he fights. I think the best thing for Conor McGregor to do, and as a marketing genius, he knows it too. He's gonna take a Nate Diaz fight, and they're I I bet you here's here's my hot take for you. He's signed the third Nate Diaz fight already, mm. and he just hasn't like it just hasn't been released yet. But that's gonna headline a card, and then he's gonna if he wins, which I think he would, he's gonna call out um, Usman immediately, especially if they fight it. One seven, which they would be one seventy. Exactly, exactly. I agree. I think that I think that's why they're holding out on Nate so much. Mm-hmm. Like that's the fight to make. You got to do a third one. You yep. have to. And that's the Nate Diaz like retirement fight. Like that's it. He gets his bag and he's out. Like just one more swoop from Conor McGregor through the UFC, couple money fights, and then I think he's done. Um, and then yeah, I think Usman too. Just because. If you look at Kamzat, you don't. Nobody in their right mind wants to necessarily fight that guy right away. You well, know what I mean, I think Colby. It makes sense for everyone because, like, as Usman though, I'm. I don't no. want to fight him right now. No. no, and he doesn't really deserve it yet. Like, yeah. not to say he doesn't, but you gotta have one more. Yeah. To get that title shot. Yeah. So I think, I think Colby, and and Connor really wouldn't earn a title shot either but they'll do it yeah because it's money yeah and usman's confident he could beat mcgregor well 
Usman would easily take that fight. But you got the whole stipulation of like, does Connor doesn't deserve to get a title shot at 170? Yeah. But who's gonna say no to that? Everybody wants the money, and he's on the like. That's what I'm saying too. Is he's on the decline. You get a big bag right before you go and you retire. He's already got money. Mm-hmm. And he's been champion for so long. They cheat their champions so good, dude. So I'm I'm betting he if 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 McGregor takes that Nate Diaz trilogy fight and wins, calls out Usman and Usman responds immediately with "Let's do this." You know what I mean? So I'll I'm here for it. I mean, screw it. I'm I'm a fan. I'll watch. <laughs> yeah, one more matchup for you, and then we'll we'll get you out of here. Yeah. How do you think it fares? Because I think this is the ultimate option. I think this is what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Jones versus Stipe. I've, I've been thinking a lot about that one. I want to see him fight gone. I want to fight him. see him fight Cyril gone. Honestly. Jones? Yep. I think Stipe's good, but I think he's just old. And I think, because, uh, I mean, he's a da- he's a Daniel Cormier area fighter. He was there fighting against Daniel Cormier. And... Jones has also been out of the ring a long time. But he's also one of those controversial figures where you almost, you want to see him in a, he could absolutely lose, and if he does, great. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. then you've got yourself, they already wanted Cyril Gunn to be a champion yeah. once, and if they get him to beat somebody like a John Jones right back to a title title shot. And I think if anybody beats Francis Ngannou right now, it's Cyril gone. He just needed one of those brawler fights. He didn't have any like, you know, but he's got the striking to beat Francis Ngannou. I just think the Stipe fight is over too quickly. I think John Jones defense in the takedown department is really good. His clinch work is really good. I just, I think if there's a difference maker mm-hmm. for Stipe, it's that John's never fought at heavyweight. True. Like, that's the only real... I think that's the biggest advantage Stipe has, is that he's used to that weight. And and granted, John Jones has been working on that weight for a very long time. Like, he's been working at that weight. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if he's going to know how to manage it once the bell rings and you're in there with arguably one of the greatest heavyweights of all time. Yeah. Yeah. The most decorated heavyweight of all time, at yeah. least. Who's yeah. fought some really good fight, you know? Yeah, every fight's been a banger. He fought. He you're beat. talking about Stipe. Yeah, yeah. he yeah. beat Francis once. Yep. He beat Cormier twice. He beat uh, Alistair Overeem. He beat uh, Fabricio Verdum. Mm-hmm. I just think taking that that damage from Francis Ngannou is going to put anybody in a situation where they're Pretty freaking... Glass jaw. Yeah. They might have that, that quick shut off. Yep. And you might be right about that, too. I just think that's a really compelling fight. I think so, too. I Like, I, I wouldn't be opposed to seeing that fight because I think it's one of those same things of what you're talking about where they're just great draws and either direction that it goes, it's huge. Because it's like a, a steep egg. It's a massive springboard to fight for the title again. John Jones will get a massive spring to fight for the title again because they're going to say Francis Ngannou got beat by Stipe. They're going to want him to fight for the title. It's John Jones. If John Jones has a decisive victory, people are going to start screaming goat. And then... Well, that's the title fight is John versus either Francis or a vacant title. Yep. Yep. And I think that that's... I'm I'm here for, for both of those. I also just think that 
it to an extent don't know that they're managing like because we were talking about the top four guys being pretty consistent mm-hmm. i don't know that they're letting the people in that should have you know more shots you know what i mean like bam bam's in there bam bam's got some opportunities tom aspinall tom aspinall's in there he's fighting curtis blades coming up curtis that's blades a tough is matchup a big fight too like it's just a lot of guys in there that i think john jones coming back should and especially not even coming back coming back to a higher weight class i think you got to start with one of those other guys you know what i mean i would agree but i think it just they're gonna go for the star power especially with as long as he's been out and who knows when the next time he gets in there yeah like you've got to give us the best john jones matchup that there is and he's proven that he's i mean he was still considered one of the probably the best of all time it in some people's eyes like i kind of disagree in some ways mm-hmm. but still one of the, one of the unarguably greatest talents that's ever been in an oh, yeah, MMA ring champion ever undefeated so because of that resume you kind of have to feed him the toughest guy yep i mean the whole point is to see if he has a weakness yep i think that's completely fair and it, i mean in all honesty man his style of fighting with that much weight it's just more power, and he's already got ridiculous... At light heavyweight, he had ridiculous power. Yeah. Knockout power and everything, fought everybody, like, Daniel Cormier, Hall of Famer, like, put put the work to all these guys. I think you're, you're right. I just think that um, I want, like, a serial gun... Like, I want one of those setups to be one of those situations where, like... Because all those other guys in there, the Curtis Blades and, like, Tom Aspinall and stuff like that, I want to see them go for title shots. Agreed. Like, in, in the end, at the end of the day. You and know? usually heavyweight, it does kind of bounce around. Yeah. Well, I think the longest reign as a heavyweight is three. Yeah. So, well, I mean, look at all that power that's sitting out there, you know. So, they're, they're Tom Aspinall's wild, you know. Curtis Blades just had a big win over Dawkus. Dawkus is still good. I mean, you still got Derek Lewis out there. Mm-hmm. You got Gone. Yep. So it's a, it's a stacked division too. Like they're all stacked oh, yeah. in my mind. So what a blessing of an era of MMA, dude. Agreed. Just thank God that we have so many just wonderful talents that are doing such crazy shit in the octagon. Oh, I know. It's like. All of them have insane knockouts, and we didn't even used to have that before. We used to have guys who would wrestle and pull hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. Yeah. Well, give us one more time the details on the fight this weekend. Yep, so it's June 3rd on a Friday. Doors open at 7. Um, I don't, the, the official card hasn't been announced yet, so stay tuned for that one. It's up on Fusion's page and everything like that. You can still get your tickets at the Metro website. They're all on there. Um, yeah, yeah, 170. We'll get her done. We'll Sweet. Get her done. And uh, I actually forgot to mention this to you to give a little heads up. Yeah. I always like to end my episodes with a positive or motivational message from the guest. Okay. What do you got? Okay. Uh, <laughs> you're hitting me with one. See, and I usually give a heads up. Yeah. Yep. Just so it's not off surprise, but I forgot. Uh, you will always regret... Uh, the thing that you didn't do more than um, actually doing it. 
So don't regret not doing something. Especially like getting into the ring and fighting, bro. That's a good. Don't regret not doing. That's a good comparison for sure. Yeah. Well, I look forward to your fight, man. I'm gonna be there. I'll be there in the stands watching. Heck yeah, we'll get you a dub. Heck yeah, man. You'll get hit by some blood. (laughs) Appreciate you coming on. I really do. And uh, to everybody out there, thank you for watching. And don't forget, life's a garden. Dig it. Garden, dig it.